Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, now. You I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me, Chad. You know, yeah, I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's... The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Quite the intro there for me. Welcome to a special edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. It's a Wednesday night recruiting edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. We're getting to that time of the year, class of 2016, coming down to the nitty-gritty. Time to make some very difficult choices. Time to uh, start thinking about what hats we're going to spread on the table, what uh, small animal we're going to bring out as a prop now, because, you know, the whole hat thing's played out. I think uh, enough of that's been done. Now kids want to bring out uh, small baby animals, and uh, they're also uh, pulling all kind of stunts. Uh, Amon Marshall last year had a cinematic production put together. Pretty good stuff, uh, that production that Amon put together. And uh, thankfully he's at USC kind of backing up all that stuff that he put together. I liked the video, but I, couldn't, you know, I had to wonder exactly where we're going with this whole thing as um, it has become quite the thoroughfare. But, uh, yeah, we are moving ever closer to National Signing Day for the class of 2016. And, you know, all of the speculation and the back and forth and uh, flips and all that stuff is it's on our way, recruiting fans. It's, uh, it's coming down the pike. It'll be here sooner than you thought, and there'll be some nervous moments for some fans there who are hoping to get the next best and greatest thing landed on campus to secure uh, their ability to cheer for their team for the upcoming year. So I'm very excited about tonight's show. Um, looking to have six guests on here to run through my recruiting roundtable. Uh, hopefully I can pull this thing off and get all six through here. It'll be a rapid fire type deal, and uh, we'll get we'll get a guy. We'll try and cover as much of the country as we can. Not going to be able to hit every region, of course, but. Uh, of course, we'll have the southeast region of the country covered, uh, and then we'll stray into, um, you know, somewhat of the Midwest, Ohio area, 
And then we'll head out west. We'll talk a little bit of West Coast recruiting, as uh, I will have Greg Biggins on from Scout.com to talk West Coast recruiting. And uh, we'll, you know, bring this thing home with Larry Bluestein at the uh, bottom of the hour to talk about some South Florida recruits and who's been looking good in these games that we've had down here. In between that, I'm going to have Bill Green on. He's uh, from Scout.com and uh, covers Ohio. Some big battles going to go down in uh, the Ohio area. Now that Jim Harbaugh is in town and uh, is doing well, the Michigan Wolverines, certainly better than I predicted they would going into the season. We'll find out what kind of an effect that's having in the recruiting trail as uh, Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh will not only lock horns on the football field this season, they'll lock horns in the living rooms of many of the top recruits across the country and in the Midwest region. So we'll uh, talk to Bill Green a little bit about that. Uh, We'll have Woody Womack on. He's uh, primarily in the southeast, but southeast portion of the United States. But if you know Woody, he's a, a man that can be anywhere and everywhere at the same time. So we'll talk to Woody about uh, some of the uh, rather pointed things that are going on. And uh, Ryan Bartow as well uh, resides in in the southeast, but is uh, a national guy. He's got that national uh, recruiting. Uh, I don't know if it's coordinator. Let me not throw such a heavy title on him. But uh, Ryan knows things from coast to coast. Let's just put it to you that way. And uh, But, you know, I'm, I'm only going to have Ryan Bartow on for five minutes, so we'll see how much of the nation he can cover in uh, a five-minute period. And then Andrew Spivey will be on in that first segment. Uh, he of GatorCountry.com talk about the impact on the Gators' early season success on recruiting as the, you know, Fans are saying the Gators are back. And we'll find out exactly what that means recruiting-wise. But again, uh, recruiting is going to be the big thing coming here. Um, yes, we will have you know, high school state championships on the line. We all know about that. But in the background, the background noise will be where are the best players in your area and in the country going. Rivals Top 100, I believe they... Uh, I don't know, I may have come out with a revision here on that. I will talk to Woody Womack about it. As I'm here on the Rivals Top 100 side, says last updated 824.15. And from that, really quick, the top 10 guys in the country are Shea Patterson, quarterback from IMG, Rashawn Gary, defensive tackle from Paramus High School in New Jersey. Number three is Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle from Wake Forest High School in North Carolina. Gregory Little, uh, offensive lineman from Allen, Texas is number four. Number five is McKay Juarez, linebacker out of Torrance, California. Perhaps I can ask Biggins about that guy. Ben Davis, linebacker from Gordo. Yeah, Gordo, Alabama, number six on the list. Seven, Demetrius Robertson, athlete, Savannah, Georgia. Marlon Davidson, defensive end out of Greenville, Alabama, is number eight on that list. And uh, we also have Lyndon Wilson, linebacker out of Montgomery, Alabama, Carver High School. And rounding out the top 10 of the top 100 from rivals is Jacob Eason, quarterback, Lake Stevens, Washington, Lake Stevens High School. So that's your top 100 here. What you know? What are some of the issues that we've got uh, on the table here? Uh, I mean, when you're talking recruiting, there could be any of a number of things. And uh, that's why I'm having all this assistance on the show tonight to uh, discuss Recruiting because, you know, I just can't cover this whole thing, you know, by myself. And one of the things that are on the table 
um, for, you know, not for recruits, but the current guys that are in college is the whole pay-for-play, uh, not pay-for-play, I don't even want to say it that way, but paying your college football athletes, something I've already said on this show I'm really not in favor of. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much coaches fight for that, say about it, who's really outspoken about it. I know Jim Harbaugh's had some things to say about it. Um, and then you wonder, are coaches going to really say what they feel, or will they just opt to go politically correct? I'm, I don't know that Jim Harbaugh is the politically correct kind of guy, but listen, if you're out there listening and you can tell me, uh, give me the legit reasons as to why you know, we, we should be paying college football players and yes, I, you know, we could just go with the their broke deal. We could definitely say that. But uh that's just not gonna be enough. Man, you got a ton of college students that are broke. What kind of problems would that create? Let's think about that. You know, people are ready to go gung ho on certain things. And they want certain rule changes and they really don't think about the ramifications of that, like the whole Leonard Fournette deal. They want Leonard Fournette to either sit out next year or fight the NFL on it. Listen, if Fournette fights that deal and wins, and now kids can leave after their first year, kind of like what they have going on with college basketball, does anyone have any idea what college football would look like? Think of the scores of young men that are going to make a very bad decision after having a very uh, good or good to decent freshman year how many are going to chase the money how many are going to rob themselves of development at the college football level and then what exactly will we have as a product in college football we just got the establishment to create a playoff and right away you got people wanting them to change a rule that could sack college football man you're not going to like how that looks you cannot honestly tell me that the model that they have going on right now in college basketball, has been good for the sport. College basketball is unwatchable during the regular season. I mean, there's literally no reason to watch that. Your stars aren't there. You don't have any of that going on. Those guys are taking off and going to the the NBA, and not all of them are having fruitful careers. Probably 25% of those guys are making the proper decision and leaving after the first year. I may be low on that number, but even still. How many guys are going to make a bad decision in football? I have a feeling the decisions will be worse in football. Because there's such a a, a, a sense of urgency there to play this game when you're young. See, you can play basketball in your mid to late 30s into your 40s. You can do that. That whole doing this football thing at age 36, 37, 38... Not ideal. Doesn't happen for a lot of guys. So, yeah, you're going to have guys even more thirsty to start their NFL careers, and they'll do so prematurely. Listen, the the NFL is for men. Just telling you that right now. So you're going to have some little boys out there that think they're men that are going to try to play this game, and they're going to find out otherwise. So... Uh, just something for people to uh, think about out there. You want people like Leonard Fournette to leave early. Well, there's going to be more than Leonard Fournette involved in that. So uh, really do think about that. Are you going to like how – and what teams 
quite frankly, are going to be the most affected. It's going to be the teams that you probably that most of us root for. Your USC's, your Florida States, your Floridas, your Ohio States, your Michigans, those traditional powers that land those five stars. What are going to be the strategies there? You got to be kidding me. What are those teams going to look like? You want to talk about totally effing up recruiting? You got to change some recruiting rules. What's recruiting going to look like since this is a recruiting show? What would recruiting look like if guys could leave after their freshman year to go play in the National Football League? Anyone give a thought to that? I seriously doubt it. So uh, something for folks to consider and uh, something we're going to continue to talk about here on the show. Uh, as they're, you know, the media is going to continue their noise about Leonard Fournette. With each 150 or 200-yard game, uh, that's just going to be the talk. So um, something certainly for us to uh, keep an eye out for going forward. I just really wish people would kill that noise. Um, I believe I have a caller here. We're going to head out to the phone line, see if, in fact, I do. Uh, Do I have a caller here on the line? Hey, how's it going there? Good. Good. What, what's Cal on your Worthington. mind? Oh, no. Not Cal Worthington. Is your dog Spot there with you? Now, you realize only folks out west are going to understand what in the hell we're talking about. And people, uh, I don't know, is Cal still doing, is he still doing commercials down there? Oh, no, I retired a long time ago. No, well, thank you, Cal. Well, what's on your mind, Mr. Worthington, other than trying to sell me a Dodge that's not going to work two weeks from now? Hey, now you, you like a, a few points. Like the the whole uh, leaving early, yeah, man. That's that's it's actually crazy. And you made a good point about the college basketball. Like it's it's actually super unwatchable. Like I mean, literally, you gotta wait until the March Madness to find out who those top like six guys that are gonna leave early that actually make sense for leaving early, and then all mm-hmm. the trickle down effect of these other guys that's gonna leave. But you know, and then it's like okay. That first year, that one and done, they're gone. So now next year, shit, I'm, my, my TV's crowded with all these stupid college games of nobody. Like, okay. Exactly. We'll, we'll uh, unwatchable. Parts, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're, we'll you're watching if there's, a family, if there's a family member or a friend, you're tuned in. Otherwise, man, go rake the leaves. Yeah. But then you got to understand, they flooded so many channels with all of these silly games that no one wants to watch. Like, seriously, nobody's watching college basketball. When, you know, when kids were staying, like, you know, when Rashid Wallace was in college at UNC and, like, he's there for, like, three years, like, you're like, oh, okay, let me look at this. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you know the players, the squads, and then certain teams are, like, battling it out. You know, it's it's like football. So if they did that with college football, it would be crazy. First of all, it would be not Would you not agree with me on this, that uh, if they allow these kids to go to the NFL after their first year, are we not looking at schools like USC, um, and, and, you know, I'm talking out west, and, and Oregon, who's not really Oregon anymore, but they've been a premier team in the country. These are the teams that are going to be hit the hardest by this. Would you agree? 100%. Or, or 100%. And you got to understand, why would they be, like, I don't even know if they would still be, like, powerhouses. Because if it's one and done, kids are going wherever just to show out and leave. That's it. And, 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 and the talent's going to be even more spread out. I don't know that that's good yeah. for college football. So, 
Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you calling in and just agreeing with everything that I said. That uh, does that make you a great caller? Um, somewhat. But I do. I don't <laughs> agree with you on the pay. Like they, they need to pay some of them college dudes. Just some of them, man. If you super killer and you out here doing the most and your number is being sold crazily, man, you need to be paid something. Now, if you just on the team and you like doing a little stuff here and there, I don't know, man. Throw them like forty bucks or something a game. But if you balling, yeah, man, they need I, to get these. I dudes. just think that's Ooh, that too would be a that would be a recipe for disaster because you're giving Jimmy a thousand dollars a month. That's going to be easy now for the booster to go ahead and mix his money in with that. I know that's going down. And listen, I played college football. Now, mind you, I may have played for a really different kind of college football team in the University of Miami. Some of these guys didn't need to have an extra $1,000 in their pocket. It's just a recipe for some disaster. I'm just thinking of some of those guys right now with a grand in their pocket and how we, we the world would not have known who they were. They might have never made the field. So that's just my thought on that. That's probably better for uh, uh, another show at another time. But, hey, thanks for calling the Gridiron Stud Show. Oh, no worries. All right. All right, well, we need to head into a break. When I get back, Andrew Spivey is on with me from GatorCountry.com. We're going to talk about the Florida Gators uh, surgeons or resurgence or however you want to describe it, the wave, the wave of goodness going on in Gainesville and what that means to their recruiting. We'll talk about that with Andrew Spivey when we get back right after this. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Probably the theme that needs to play uh, when you're at uh, LSU Stadium and you see Fournette jog out, or at least when he lines up in the backfield, you need to play this. Such a scary scene for defenders. But even still, as much man as he is, 
and as uh, much of a display he put on in front of a national audience uh, against Auburn, in which guys look like cartoon characters trying to tackle him, I still don't think Leonard Fournette needs to forego his junior season. I mean, damn it, man. Herschel, Herschel went out there and ran the football. Bo did it. Emmett did it. They're fine. Can't worry about injury. If it was meant for you to go play in the National Football League, then, man, it'll happen. Bearheading this stuff. Media needs to chill out. Nevertheless, uh, it's time to talk some recruiting. And uh, one of the hottest teams and the team hanging on the tip of everyone's lip or tip of their tongue after their uh, lights-out performance at home last week of the Florida Gators. And uh, it is my pleasure to have uh, the next guest on, Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com, to talk a little Florida Gators recruiting. Such a good topic for you right now, Andrew. Am I correct? How you doing? Absolutely. I'm doing fine. I appreciate you having me on. And I think uh, Florida fans would be okay with Fournette leaving early uh, come two weeks when they go down to Death Valley. Yeah, I think Florida fans and, and fans of 12 other schools in that conference <laughs> would love to see Leonard Fournette go be the problem in the NFL. I just don't think it would be good for uh, college football as a whole. But let's dive into some University of Florida topics here. Um, obviously, last weekend was a big weekend, a lot of recruits in attendance. And between the blowout win over number three Ole Miss and the and just the magical comeback against Tennessee, uh, what impact directly has that had for Florida Gators recruiting? It's had a huge impact. You see guys that maybe were – on the verge of of having a lot of interest in Florida to now having tons of interest in Florida. I think the biggest thing, maybe not the wins and the losses, but more so that the offense has looked like they have an identity. The defense looks like it's still a big play defense under Jeff Collins. I I think that's more uh, more so than the wins. Of course, the wins look great every time, but I think the Swamp having the energy back and just the team in general looking better was big for it. But when you look at guys like Nate Craig Myers, uh, Freddie Swain, the two receivers, uh, both coming to campus and seeing Florida – give the ball out to Antonio Callaway, Brandon Powell, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, those guys have a lot more interest in Florida right now. And then uh, you were able to display uh, to some out-of-state guys like Antonius Clayton from, from Georgia, Terrell Hall from Washington, D.C. Uh, so you're able to kind of get that national brand back out again. And I really think that uh, the Ole Miss game was one of the biggest steps in McElwain for recruiting. I, I just think that heading into these next few weeks where they're on the road, Florida's still going to be a fresh thing on their mind because of these last two weeks they've seen in Gainesville. Yeah, um, and and listen, having the huge crowds uh, doesn't hurt either. I want to say with 90,000 at Florida uh, football games, each one of these games, 90,000-plus, and uh, the amount of noise that was made in the Tennessee and Ole Miss game really gets guys' juices going. Some of these guys have never been at a place where there's that type of crowd. So that helps, too, also, I would presume, Correct. Absolutely. I, you know, the, the, I think the energy the last few years and, uh, has just been kind of down. And, and, of course, it's been good crowds, per se, but not the loud energy through the whole game. I think even when you were playing ball, it, it, it was a different atmosphere for Florida in the swamp uh, when Spurrier was there, when Urban was there. And now this year it's a different atmosphere as well. It's just a crowd cheering through the whole game, um, an electric environment. And, and like you say, a lot of these guys haven't seen games like this. A guy like Freddie Swain, for instance, who's been at Florida for three years now, he sees a difference 
this year compared to the last two years, and that absolutely does. Uh, Nate Craig Myers had a really good quote. Uh, him and Sam Bruce both did that they were like, we can feel that there's a difference in the environment around here from the crowd, from the team. And I just think that that's yeah, and I think I think everyone big. can can kind of feel that going on there. And most of all, you want the recruits to feel that. Let's talk specifically about Sam Bruce. Where is that? He is a Miami commit. He's made a trip up to Gainesville, and uh, there's been quite a lot of mutual interest there. Where where is where are the Florida Gators right now with Sam? Bruce? Uh, he, he put out uh, the other day that he's going to go up to Ohio State, Penn State, and uh, Florida still expects him to take an official visit there. I, I think that most people feel like it's going to be a Florida-Miami battle. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, if Miami loses their coaching staff, then he's a lock to Florida. Well, A, we don't know what's going on in Miami, and B, I think a lot of people forget that Kevin Beard, the new receiver coach down there, and Sam Bruce have a long-lasting relationship. Um, I do, in my opinion, think that Florida has a great shot because of George Scarlett. Uh, My -hmm. biggest question is, with Scarlett not playing a lot, how much does that affect uh, Sam Bruce? Uh, That's an answer that I don't know right now, and I think a lot of others don't know. Um, I just think that it's going to go down towards January, just like it did with George Scarlett. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to January, it ends up going all the way to National Signing Day. Well, listen, uh, the final thing I want to talk to you about here is, listen, we've talked about the quarterback battle with the two guys that are there now, and then most of the time when you hear about quarterback for the future in at, for the University of Florida, they're talking about 2017 and Jake uh, and, and Jake Allen. Now, what, what's, what's going on for 2016 quarterback-wise for the Florida? Florida well, we got Kyle Trask um, out of Texas. He's a backup quarterback to a TCU commit at his high school in Manville, Texas. Um, but Florida's continuing to talk to guys committed elsewhere, uh, notably Jake Allison that's committed to Miami, Felipe Franks committed to LSU, uh, Dwayne Haskins that's committed to Maryland, and also Derek Cooper uh, that's committed to Clemson. Uh, those guys are all guys uh, Florida's working on. And I think in the nature of recruiting quarterback, the, the least you hear about uh, that buzz, the better it is. And right now, I think that there are some things working in Florida's favor, but it's much like the Sam Bruce thing, where I think it's going to be closer to uh, either December if they're early enrolling or February uh, when signing day before they actually flip. Um, I do think Will Greer playing good is probably a negative because now they're sitting here thinking, okay, he's a redshirt freshman here. Uh, but I do think that Florida ends up finding a second quarterback uh, to go in this class, and it'll eventually be a flip from somebody. Yeah, well, certainly a development here for us to watch. Well, listen, hey, for the Florida Gators, you keep winning and a lot of your recruiting prayers get answered. Andrew, thanks for joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show and talking recruiting. Thank you so much for having me, Chad. Talk to you soon. All right, Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com talking uh, Gator recruiting, uh, kind of an easier thing to do when you win in the way the Florida Gators are. And from Andrew Spivey and Gator Country, we're going to roll out to uh, one of my favorite guys on uh, the recruiting reporter table, uh, a comedian in his part-time, or probably should be, and that's uh, Woody Womack from Rivals. Woody, what are you doing right now other than hanging on the phone with a slap like myself? Yeah, well, I was just actually making some uh, some pasta for my wife and I for dinner. You know, I, I cooked Oh, listen, there, what yeah. a classic man. Should I play the song for you? What a classic man you are. You're making us all feel bad. Folks, he's cooking dinner for the wife. This should be hate Woody hour. All right, Woody, let's uh let's let's talk about some real stuff that's going on here. Was there an updated Rivals 100, or was I wrong on that? No, you were wrong on that one. We still got you know we like we like to wait the whole year. We don't just update our rankings based on a game we see on TV. 
uh, like some of the other people around. We we try to. Oh, shots being fired here by Woody. <laughs> he cooks pasta and he fires a gun at the same time. We gotta love that guy. That's why. Hey, I tell you what. Yeah, let's tell you what, Woody. Let's here's something we need to talk about. Um, it's been a okay. rough couple of weeks here for Tennessee. Um, they 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 snatched, you know, uh, defeat from the jaws of victory against the Florida Gators, and then they followed that up with a loss to Arkansas. And now, uh, mysteriously and miraculously, we've got stories coming out of Butch Jones beating up people at practice. Has this had any effect at all on Tennessee recruiting for two, class of 2016? Well, I think it's kind of uh, gut check time for them not to, to make light of those rumors over the next mm. few weeks, whether or not, uh, you know, if they can win one of these two games against Georgia or Alabama, I think a lot of that stuff gets forgotten. If they fall at two and five, all of a sudden, you know, things are getting, a, you know, a little worse. They're they're taking a small class this year because they've loaded up each of the past mm. couple of years. They've been creative mm. using the, the blue shirt rule and whatnot to get more kids in and kind of processing some of the older guys. But now you need those young guys to step up and you, you, you're counting on this class to kind of bring you some talent. And right now it's, you know, it's in the top 25, but it's in danger of falling out if they don't land a couple of the big fish that they're, uh, they're still working on. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, we could, I think we might be heading in that same direction with Georgia if they don't come up with something extra special uh, this weekend. I mean, got, Punched right in the mouth last week by Alabama. Um, not something totally unexpected because you know Alabama and tends to be uh, kind of pissed off after you know a loss like what they had against Ole Miss. But now, do you anticipate that being any kind of a problem for them in on the recruiting trail because they've been doing well? Well, you know, I think I think they're going to close strong. I think you know, you know how it is. All these kids grow up dreaming of playing for their in-state school, and so a lot of these kids in Atlanta want to. You know, they want to go to Georgia, but I think, you know, some of the younger kids, it could have an effect on them. I know I heard from a, a parent of a five-star recruit who said he was, you know, him and his son were less than, than uh, you know, excited about the way that game turned out. And then evidently after the game, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for the coaches to, to talk to the recruits, which isn't, you know, that big of a deal after a loss. But, you know, it's still part of the deal, you know, as a as a parent who's been through it. Even when coaches take a beating, if if uh, the top guys are there and they drove from out of town to come to come, you got to make a few minutes to to at least talk to them after the game's over. So I think there's a few things to maybe be a little nervous about, uh, you know, from that respect. But I, I don't see them having a whole lot of troubles in the East if they get past this week. I think they could, you know, set themselves up for a rematch, you know, against Alabama or a game against Ole Miss in that SEC championship game, and all is is sort of forgotten. Yeah, and listen, if they can get down to the end and the Florida-Georgia game is meaningful and they can win something like that in front of, you know, a, a, a ton of fans and, and, and recruits, they could certainly help themselves there. Well, now, you're in the middle of SEC country. Who's doing it the best in the SEC recruiting right now? I know it's early in the football season, but who right now is really getting it done on the recruiting trail in the SEC? Well, it's interesting because, you know, obviously, you know, we always have uh... – Alabama, you know, ranked high, but they do a lot of their their work early, and we're seeing, you know, Clemson's is similar in the ACC. They build their class from an early standpoint, and then kind of just hold on and try to reel in a couple of big guys at the end, you know. But LSU right now, I think, is a school to watch because they've got that on-field momentum. 
and they've got uh, momentum in recruiting. They they just got a top 100 guy from the class of 2017, uh, Jacoby Stevens out of Tennessee. You know, right now they're mm-hmm. they're ranked second in our rankings. You know, and they're loaded, and they still have several big time guys uh, that they want to get. So I like LSU, and then I like Ole Miss. Assuming things don't go the way they went last year, I could see mm-hmm. them surprising a lot of people, especially with their quarterback being over there at IMG and being able to recruit guys like Isaac Nada and Drake Davis and some of those big-time players. You know, everyone is – Leonard Fournette has been all the talk when he frightened the entire world running through Auburn like those were his little nephews in the backyard. But out there, you know, there's always quick the, – the people are always quick to have the comparisons. Are there any other Leonard Fournette or Leonard Fournette types out there that could be coming to LSU or, or elsewhere? Have you seen anything like that on the trail? I have not, you know, and I don't know if you feel this way because you're out at a lot of different things in the off season. I don't get the same feeling about the class of 2016 that I got about 2015, where we had, you know, mm-hmm. dominant players like guys like even on the, you know, I travel all around during the Rivals Camp Series. I mean, guys like Iman Marshall or Derwin James or or players like that 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 you really felt like, okay, this guy's going to be a stud no matter what. I mean, we've We've flipped our number one a few different times, three or four different times. I think the other sites have as well. There's just not that kind of dominant special talent, at least, that we've seen so far. I mean, I had a recruit text me the other day and said, who's the best player you've seen this year so far? And I've been out to games every week. <laughs> I had a hard time mm-hmm. giving him an answer. So, uh, Well, good. I'm glad know, I didn't ask you that question because I very well could have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think – I just think – it's a it's a it's a fine class, but I right I'm sure and those players will emerge I'm sure, but right now there's there's nobody that I like you know there's not a recruit that I love that you know like that year that Fournette came out I mean I love Miles Garrett and you know Mike Farrell and I had quite the shouting match on the last rankings meeting as I was <laughs> trying to get Garrett to be number one and I and then that was over Fournette you know Fournette was I think five for us that year. But, uh, you know, I loved Miles Garrett, and that's a guy from Texas, not not one of, you know, my players from here in the southeast that I really loved. And I just mm-hmm. – I necessarily don't have a, a guys like that this year outside of, you know, players. I, and I think, you know, when Sam Bruce gets to college, he's going to be really fun. Uh, I like Nicole Hardman up here in Atlanta. But those are those are fun guys that might turn out to be like the Anthony Thomas or – or somebody like that, but not... The yeah, the, one of those joystick, Isaiah McKenzie-type guys. Well, listen, I, I already know the topic uh, the next time I get you here on the show, and that is what really goes down in a top 100 meeting, what really goes on in one of those things. So <laughs> definitely something for me to uh, nail you down on and get get uh, get the truth out of you. Well, listen, as always, Woody, thank you for joining me on the Gridiron Stud Show. Looking forward to having you back on. Go cook that pasta. Uh, Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. Woody Womack from Arrivals.com, one of the true characters on the trail. If you know Woody, you know exactly what it is I'm talking about. And so from Woody Womack, we're going to hand over to a 247 guy and another one of uh, my favorite guys out on the trails, Ryan Bartow. He's the, the ever-knowing Ryan Bartow. Very happy to have you here <laughs> on the Gridiron Stud Show. How you doing, Ryan? Doing great, Chad. I uh, just got back into uh, Fort Lauderdale Saturday. I was up uh, in my old stomping grounds in the Carolinas, went through 32 schools up there. And the two things that I always enjoy about going up to the Carolinas is they have great high school football coaches, and they also have the best defensive linemen in the country. It's always D-line heaven. Yeah, it would seem so. They always seem to crank something that out. If, If, you know, if I'm checking out the rankings, they always seem to have a good supply of that. 
laying around. I don't know why you have a house, Ryan. I mean, you're always traveling, so, you know, you probably uh, probably need storage or something, just a place for you to put a pillow before you hit your next flight or hit the next rental car and out of town. Well, let's talk some recruiting here. Uh, we got the big sunshine showdown, even though it doesn't have as much glamour as maybe some of the matchups in past years, but Florida State's taking on Miami in Tallahassee. Uh, what are we what are we looking at in terms of recruits that are going to be at that game, and really what's at stake there for both of these teams with some of these recruits? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest names is Trayvon Mullen, from who I think is as good a corner as you're going to find in the country. Mm-hmm. High four star guy. He's got Florida State, LSU. Those are the top two. The dark horse to watch for him is Clemson. That's a team that he grew up looking for. He's going to be a late decision like most South Florida kids. Mike Reed from Clemson was at his game last Friday. Mackenzie Alexander is on deck to leave after this year, so their pitch come December is, hey, three years ago they got the top corner from South Florida. They got Mm -hmm. a plan for him. Three years he's out as a first-rounder. You can come in and play right away. So you know the job that Corey Raymond's done with him. He's recruited him harder than anybody else the last two years. Florida State, he has some connections up there, staying in state. But at the same time, Clemson is a team that has a legit shot late in the process for Mullen. A couple other big-time official visitors this weekend in Tallahassee is Landon Dickerson. We have him as a top 25 recruit in the country, big offensive Mm. lineman from the mountains in North Carolina. His Mm. grandpa went to Virginia Tech. Florida State and Auburn are getting official visits. I still, the crystal ball is still heavily leaning towards Virginia Tech. But if they do have a coaching change there, if Coach Beamer decides this is enough and he retires, Florida State and mm-hmm. Auburn have a legit shot for, for Dickerson, another high four-star guy. Mm. Is there anyone on the table that Florida State and Miami both are tugging at and, uh, you know, perhaps – you know, we could have some drama there. Whoever wins this is in the driver's seat for this guy. Do we have any kind of battle like that going on? Gosh, I think Jamal Cook, who's a Florida State commit at Mm -hmm. Miami Central, U.S. Army All-American, big safety. He's a Mm -hmm. guy that's got Miami number two. He's visited a couple times recently. He's kind Mm -hmm. of wavering a little bit in that Mm -hmm. regard, but Florida State's gotten whoever they wanted out of Central for a while now. They've built it into a pipeline. So We've noticed. that's a guy that, to, to keep a, keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and you love those type of stories. Uh, let's talk about Clemson. Uh, big win for them on Saturday. Uh, they've got their coach um, appearing in several dance videos. It just looks like a whole lot of fun going on over there at Clemson when you're getting Dabo Sweeney to do the whip and the nay-nay and everything else in the middle of a winning <laughs> locker room. Um, does his dancing and the Clemson winning, uh, is it leading to any kind of uh, an extra push in recruiting for the Tigers? Yeah, I, I mean, through the 32 schools I went through, I probably talked to 60-plus recruits, Chad, in, in five days. Clemson mm-hmm. was either leading or in the top three for probably 45 of those 60 guys. So much so, wow. there was a couple 2017 four-star receivers that they won't even get to, that they lead for, that would be layups that, you know, they'll probably get the top two in South Carolina, and then they're in great shape for James Robinson and Lakeland, Florida as well. And and we know their track record of getting these high-level receivers out of that southwest Florida to Tampa area with Deion Kane and Arteva Scott and Sammy Watkins. And, you know, he could be the next in line for that. So 
Clemson really recruits well as a whole staff. They give all their coaches on their staff in-state territory. They put five mm-hmm. in North Carolina. They put seven in Georgia. They put six in Florida. And that's where they get most of their guys. They run a fun offense. They, they really are blessed to be, like I said when I came on, in D-line heaven. So if you combine mm-hmm. tempo offense with good defensive line play, that usually can add up to 9-10 plus wins. And that's kind of been their formula there. Yeah, uh, and and they're starting to put together, you know, the wins. And and it was great to see them, if you're a Clemson fan, get a big win at home because we all remember the last big showdown they had at home. It was Florida State and a game that was over before you got your, you know, your hamburger and sat down in your seat. So uh, they did come up with a big win against Notre Dame, and we'll just have to keep an eye on Clemson and see how things go. Well, listen, Ryan, certainly love having you on the show, and we got to keep doing this. You're the guy with the info. Hey, and especially when it comes to closer to signing day or any underclassmen or coaching changes coming come in December, you can have me on there, and I would love that. Most of all, Chad, you guys and that staff over at Heritage, uh, I wish you good luck this week and going forward, too. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Sounds good, man. Well, we'll be in touch, and anytime you need anything, you got my number. All right, Ryan Bartell, we can always count on that guy for information and such a helpful gentleman. He was always running all over the country, too. So uh, interesting information there on Clemson, North Carolina, and uh, and, and the uh, Florida State-Miami matchup. Taking a quick break. When I get back, I head all out, all the way out west. Greg Biggins from Scout.com going to talk some West Coast recruiting. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! coincidental that I hit the uh, Drake back-to-back track here to bring us back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, because that's exactly what I'm doing here with these uh, recruiting reporters, hitting them all back-to-back. And the next one up is uh, Greg Biggins, all the way from out west, scout.com. Greg Biggins, first time here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Happy to have you on. Greg, how you doing? 
I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I love the West Coast. Um, finished my high school football career out there at uh, Canyon Springs High School. I don't even know what kind of football they're playing out there anymore. <laughs> I don't get to hear much from them. But, uh, yes, I spent my time out West in the summers as a kid and then finished high school out there. So always got to make room for the West Coast. And, man, hot damn, you got good talent out there. So we definitely want to get into talking about that right now. Look, one of the names I keep hearing about out there, and, you know, I'm a guy that likes defensive backs, is C.J. Pollard. What can you tell us folks down here down south about C.J. Pollard? Is he the next great thing in the defensive backfield for USC? I mean, he's good. I don't know if I want to say, you know, we're talking Ronnie Lott, the Browner brothers. I mean, they've had a great tradition of safeties at USC. So I don't know if I would mm-hmm. put C.J. necessarily in – in that category, he's, mm-hmm. you know, 6'2", he's, he's a lean, kind of almost more of a cover safety. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, Pac-12-wise, you're seeing a ton of that. They throw the ball so much out here that you don't see your sinker safeties kind of more cover guys and those Dennis Smith, Ronnie Lott just downhill coming and, and just blow you up. You're not seeing that as much out west. But can yeah, do that. a different he's, game you know, nowadays, ball. true. I mean, yeah, we throw the ball around absolutely. so much. Absolutely. So he's, he's a long, lean kid. Real smart, you know, dad's a coach, dad's a former player at USC, so he's high football IQ, know what he's doing, great work ethic, high motor, uh, understands the game. So I think he's going to be very good for USC for sure. Any chance he ends up as a cornerback at, at USC if he ends up there? I, I think there is. You know, he's not a, he's not a hyper-athletic, you know, fast-twitch kid. He's, you know, he's a legit – I'm going to probably contradict myself by saying, you know, you ran a 4-5 at the opening, which is – that's obviously very fast, but – in mm-hmm. terms of short area quickness, which you want, you know, out of your cover corner, I, I don't know if he necessarily has that. I think he's got very good cover skills for a safety. I don't know mm-hmm. if he has great cover skills for a corner. Now, again, he can body up guys and play the physical game, and he's a tough guy mm-hmm. who competes hard. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know, again, there's some guys, not necessarily, you know, Florida speed. You know, I'm a West Coast guy, but I will admit mm-hmm. Florida has, has the speed. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, but to cover some of the guys you've seen in the Pac-12, I don't know if he necessarily has that ability. But, again, it would not surprise me in the right defense, maybe more of a cover two scheme. I, I think Steve can definitely definitely do some things as, as a cover guy. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, it's a different animal out there on that island. So, uh, if he ends up being a great cover safety, there's, a, you know, there's a whole lot of room for that in today's Dude, game. Nothing wrong with uh, that. Gonna, nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to kind of put you on on the spot because this, you know, I, listen, I, I'm I'm a guy who knows something about California, and there's a ton of talent out there. So this is probably an unfair question, but I'm going to do it to you anyway, Greg. Um, best player you've seen in Southern California to to date right now for this season? Who 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 would that be? Oh man, I, I mean that's an easy question for me. Wale Batuku from Sarah High School. I don't know if you know much about his story. Only been playing one year before this season of high school football. He came. I've seen Maryland, pictures of this Miami. guy, Greg, and, yeah. and I swear he's got kids that are in high school. That, that's the running man. joke is the running <laughs> joke is man, we want to see a birth certificate because the guy looks like he's 22, 23 years old. But again, uh, Nigeria to Maryland, out here to Southern California. His junior year last year at Sarah High School, uh, which is one of the dominant programs out here, Robert Woods, Marquise Lee, Adoree Jackson. That's where he's playing at Sarah High School. Uh, only playing one year, the guy has gone from a guy who, when I first saw he didn't know how to get into a stance as a defensive end. And now, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he is a legit early impact. No red shirt for this kid. I mean, he's 6'4". He's 2'4". He's got a, got a frame to hold 270. He's got a Yeah, motor. it's not like he's going to uh, need the weight run. room as a freshman, right? I mean, if you've seen the arms and the legs on this kid, Oh, no. my goodness, right? That's a gene pull. This guy got blessed with an incredible gene pull, obviously. So, I mean, he, he's big, strong, fast. He wants to be good. I mean, he wants to be a great player. He's tough. 
and those are my two things when I, when I talk to kids or even coaches is, is he tough and does he love football? Because you see a lot of guys, and you've seen it before, they, they play because they're good at it. But do they really love football? Do they have a passion for the game? And this kid, he definitely does. So he's my number one guy that I, I've seen so far. And then probably right behind him is a kid who I actually heard you mention at the top of the show, Mike Juarez, uh, mm. an early USC commit. But I think, you know, he, he could he's very soft on that commitment. I, a lot of people think he's going to probably flip at some point potentially to UCLA. So those two schools are kind mm. of battling for him. But those are probably the two best players that I've seen so far, Juarez is a tremendous linebacker. I don't, I don't want to use too much hyperbole, mm-hmm. but when you watch this kid, watching the kid play, and look at his frame and his athleticism, his ability to play all three levels. That means rush the passer, play in space, and drop back in coverage. He kind of reminds me a little bit. There's a little bit of Miles Jack, a little bit of Sue Cravens in his game. I mean, he can do everything. He's in every down back that can play inside or outside. And again, tough. Loves football and I love the motor. So those are probably my two well, favorite you, guys you, this year. You've certainly talked him up, so he can certainly thank you for the extra huddle hits he's <laughs> going to get tonight from people who are probably typing in his name right now and uh, looking for his huddle highlights. Well, the last thing is I can reminisce because you know I loved seeing the USC UCLA battles when I was a kid out, out west. Um, and I know there's got to be some battles going on on the recruiting trail right now. As USC, you know, after the little arrows, after the problem with Stanford. Uh, maybe they've slipped back a little bit. Are USC and UCLA involved in some battles right now that you know our listeners may be interested in knowing about for any particular recruits? You know what the ironic thing is, and this has kind of been the case for, for a while, is that those two schools don't really go head-to-head that often. Do you think they would go Very for Interesting that that is the case. Yeah, and, and I think the reason is, is because in Southern California, and again, uh, we talked for a good hour at the B2G deal a couple of years ago, so mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know how it is out here. So many kids, they're either, either born and raised an SD guy or a UCLA guy. You don't, you don't really mm-hmm. like both schools, right? It's almost like, you mm-hmm. know, darkness and light. You know, you, you either like one and hate the other, or you love yeah, one and you don't Snoop, want to unless you're Calvin, unless you're, uh, unless you're uh, 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 Cordell Brodus and something like that jumps off. <laughs> So, I mean, Mickey Wars, that's definitely a guy who they're both battling for. Early, early USC commit. Comes from a UCLA family. I mean, his mom goes to every single UCLA home game, and he's going to make a final call at the Army All-American Bowl. Now, you tell me, if you're already committed to a school, why do you need to make a decision at the Army All-American game? You know, you typically don't see a guy who's going to commit to the same school, so that's why a lot of people kind of think he might be flipping somewhere else, and UCLA probably has the best shot. Uh, Jack Jones, Long Beach Poly High School, again, a school that – you know, we've talked about quite a bit. Long Beach Poly, right. uh, perennial power, Jack Jones, uh, elite, elite corner receiver. He can actually go both ways. Those are probably his top two schools right now. Watch out for A&M. Watch out for Arizona State with him. And then probably Theo Howard is the third guy who kind of has those two schools as his finalist. He's going to probably announce the next couple of weeks. He's uh, a top 50 receiver nationally in our eyes at least. Uh, and, again, I, I think USC, I mean, they already have five receivers committed. UCLA mm-hmm. uh, desperately mm-hmm. needs a speed guy. USC always seems to have those speed, electric, dynamic playmakers. UCLA not so much. So I think UCLA kind of needs him. He, I think he's more of a UCLA guy. I think he's probably leaning toward UCLA right now. But, again, he loves USC as well. So that, those are kind of the three guys I can, you can probably say uh, are kind of looking at those two schools as their finalists. 
Good. Well, love that Southern California football, and I can't wait to get you back on the show. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding this topic right now because I want to see how the next uh, couple of weeks go for them. But we're going to talk about Oregon Ducks recruiting and what's, uh, what's the future of that with them falling back a little bit. But love all the information you brought, and love that West Coast, Greg. Thanks for joining me here on the Gridiron Stud I, Show. I love, I love that you love the West Coast. That makes it fun and yeah. easy for me. Let's, let's do it again, man. Anytime. Anytime. I'm yeah, yeah, good. absolutely. Got to have you on again. So thanks for coming on. Greg Biggins from scout.com yep, jo- jo- joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Um, and it's always a pleasure having him on. I think I just lost Bill Green and if, uh, I'd like to hurry up and get him back on here. But, yeah, uh, some interesting information coming out uh, from from Greg there talking about USC and UCLA and some of the uh, big recruits that they've, uh, that they've got um, – on tap, that they're eyeballing out there for him. And, uh, look, that young man from Sarah, whose name I really just can't pronounce, um, If you gotta, you got to take a look at that kid. And, and, you know, before the end of the show here, I'll try and get a proper spelling for you so you can all go on and at least take a look at the picture of this guy. But check out his film. He is a grown man, ladies and gentlemen. So, all right, we're going to come back off of the uh, West Coast and move to the Midwest where things are getting really interesting in the Big Ten and uh, we are sure that that's going to have some ramifications on the recruiting trail and I'm interested to talking to my next guest about that and it's Bill Green from Scout.com. He's a legend down here in South Florida on the on, on the golf courses and some other places. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing good, Chad. How are you doing? Yeah, long time no here, man. I'm doing well. Uh, we've got some sunny weather down here for you as the, uh, the temperatures drop. Can't wait to... Uh, can't wait to have you down here, gracing us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're we're in a good weather stretch up here right now, but we know it's going to end. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's 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 inevitable. All right, let's get right to it. Um, I I I didn't expect, and I didn't call for um, a, a 500 season for the Michigan Wolverines. I guess everyone could call me crazy for that right now, but everything seems to be going quite well there in Jimmy Harbaugh's first season. So, of course, we all want to know what kind of impact is that having in recruiting, and is he cutting into a slice or the chunk of uh, what Urban Meyer has been grabbing at up there in the Midwest? They have not really gone head-to-head for one player since Harbaugh's uh, been hired. It's crazy. I mean, over the years when Michigan – was strong and competed for national championships, you know, they really did well recruiting the state of Ohio. And that's mm-hmm. really been the history of the rivalry is who has controlled Ohio recruiting has basically controlled the game at that time, you know. And uh, right. there was a time when, you know, Lloyd Carr did a great job recruiting Ohio, and they he won a lot of games, Gary Moeller, you know. So, and then it kind of changed when Rich Rodriguez came in and, I don't know, Brady, Hoke, and then we thought when Harbaugh got hired, he is going to realize the importance of recruiting the state of Ohio. Well, he's avoided it totally, and he's Mm -hmm. done a great job in recruiting, though, but he's recruiting nationally. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's pulling kids from everywhere. A lot of kids from the East Coast, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. um, in that area, but he's gotten kids out of California, Texas, He's gotten some Florida kids. I mean, it just—he's all over the map recruiting. He's doing great. The on-field well, the act, the, really, the, the really act, good. yeah, but, yeah, the activity for for Harbor down here in uh, in in Florida is certainly picking up. Uh, that's for sure. I've seen that. Uh, but a couple of guys I want to talk about. 
for Ohio State that hail from uh, South Florida. One is Sam Bruce and the other is Trayvon Grimes. Sam Bruce did come out and say that he's going to be taking a trip to Ohio State, which seems like a par for the course and standard behavior for anyone at St. Thomas that plays the wide receiver position. I wonder why that is. What can you tell us about Sam Bruce coming up to Ohio State? They think they've got a great shot at flipping him from Miami. I think they feel that um, with all the uncertainty right now at Miami, it's kind of opened the door for them. And so many kids um, have seemed to do well under Urban Meyer, you know, especially at Ohio State. Florida kids are doing well. They've already got, you know, Joey Bosa be on his way out, Nikki Bosa on the way in. They feel really good about Trayvon Grimes. You got the Arnett kid, Torrance Gibson. So these are all Sam Bruce's boys. And they think they've got a great shot at flipping him. And and the offense, you know, obviously, you know, fits him perfectly. So I think a lot probably is going to depend on, you know, where Miami goes. And, and, you know, for me personally, you know, you know the lay of the land down there better than I do. But my feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if Miami would make a change and go from Al Golden and maybe hire Mario Cristobal, and if Mario Cristobal keeps Kevin Beard, I don't know that that doesn't solidify Miami with Sam Bruce. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's a Florida kid, so that means the decision is going to come, you know, 24 hours before he signs. So, <laughs> anything going on? Stop right banging now, on our Florida kids down here, Matt. But hey, you're, yeah. you're you're right though, Bill. We know what it is. He's coming to Ohio. You know, he's coming to Ohio here in two weeks when Ohio State plays Penn State. And even if he comes out and says he loved it, he had a great time. It's the greatest place ever. That's like having a one nothing lead in the first inning of a baseball game. You know, who cares? <laughs> it's not going to get good to the ninth inning. And, you know, so, but, you know, they're getting him up for a visit, which is key. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think a lot depends on just where Miami is, you know, on signing day next February. That'll probably tell us where Sam Bruce is going to be. Well, true, true, because, you know, Florida is also heavily in the mix, and I talked about that earlier in the show. They're heavily in the mix for Sam Bruce, and he's already been up there and seen 90,000 in the stadium and all that other good stuff. Right. And, you know, Sam, Sam Sam, wants that kind of flavor, man. He wants to know when he returns a punt for a touchdown that there's going to be some serious big-time cheering going on. So he's uh, he's thirsty for that kind of limelight. And a lot of the great ones are, as a matter of fact, all of the great ones are. So yeah. uh, Sam Bruce is definitely going to be interesting. And, look, those Florida guys – it's like the NBA basketball game. Who cares about the first three and a half quarters? Right, it, it's right. Gonna come down to the last five minutes. So um, you got us on that. Now, Trayvon Grimes, he's a guy that um, I don't know that we can – listen, the kid's the kids a Buckeye. What are we waiting on here with him? I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, they feel good about him. They feel that they're in the driver's seat or, you know, pretty much – And rightfully so, up. by the way. Yeah, I mean, they feel great about it. Everybody seems to think it's a done deal, but, you know, like you said, he sure hasn't committed yet. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think they're in really great shape there. And, you know, I think he, we'll just have to see when he decides to pull the trigger. But by all right. indications, you know, it, it's a high state. Well, listen, you're a guy that gets around uh, to these football games down there in Ohio, the the, uh, the high school football games. Who's killing it there right now? Who, what kind, What names for my listeners right now that, you know, especially our guys down here in South Florida who, you know, think uh, football exists only down here. Give us some names we can go type into our into our, uh, into our our Google search engine and go find their huddle tapes and be totally amazed by. Throw a couple names out there for us. I got my I'll pen. I'll tell you right. a kid. Yeah, I'll tell you a kid that I really like. There's a kid committed to Ohio State. And he's kind of gone under the radar. He doesn't play at one of the power programs in Ohio, 
but his highlight film kind of looks Sam Brucis or somebody like that. He looks like a, like one of the Florida kids. Like mm. uh, his name is Demario McCall, and mm. from Speedy McCall, he's going to be in the Army game this year, and he is. I mean, he's like the Matrix out there. I mean, he is a 5'11", 190-pound kid that can just go sideways as fast as he goes forward. And his highlight tape is just a riot to watch because he has so many highlight reel plays. Uh, so Demario McCall is really special. Uh, there's hmm. a sort of a linebacker defensive end type, uh, Jonathan Cooper. I mean, he can and he can bring it off the edge. You know, he had a nice tape last year. Had a good year. He was about six one, about two ten. Well, he grew over the summer. He's like six three, about two twenty five now. But he's he might be faster. Mm-hmm. So he is a you know four or five star type kid. Just a riot to watch. Come off the edge. You can't block him. And he plays with such a high motor. He loves football. He loves to compete. He loves to win. You know, I saw him last year in a game where his team got demolished by Westerville mm-hmm. South, big-time program in Ohio. They got killed. They were mm-hmm. down 20, and Westerville had to punt with about 30 seconds to go in the game. And they were up by 20 points. And this kid, his team was getting killed, and he did everything he could to block a punt in the mm-hmm. last 30 seconds. And I just thought that was so amazing. You know, his teams, they were cooked. They were beat, and, and that block punt wasn't going to help a thing other than, you know, he's on that field, he's going to play until the zeros come up. So, Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, you got to love that kind of effort Great from one a kid. To watch. No. And one, one more I want to mention, another fun kid to watch, is there's an old lineman named Tommy Kramer. Tommy's down in Cincinnati, and he's committed to Notre Dame, and he is a power plant on the offensive mm. line. I mean, he just mauls people. He pancakes people. And he's a guy, another one, sometimes with them big guys, you wonder how much they really love playing football. With him, mm. you can tell how much he loves the game. He loves hitting people. He'll play it right to the whistle, maybe uh, to the echo of the whistle. But he's mm-hmm. a bad dude, and Notre Dame's going to get a good one there. Yeah, well, yeah. Look, I gotta, I gotta love you for throwing some old lineman love out there, and all the other big guys <laughs> out there that listen to get tired of hearing about the speedy wide receivers. You know, throw something out there for the men in the trenches. So Tommy Kramer. Uh, someone for us to look out at. I love the huddle names. You know, I've been writing names down from all you guys all across the country, so I know what I'm going to be Good. doing here for the next hour or so uh, once once uh, I'm off and done with the show. Well, listen, Bill, always a pleasure having you on and uh, your guy with uh, your finger on the pulse there in the Midwest. Thanks for joining the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, it's been great watching Quincy, too, this year. I know he's got to be having a lot of fun, and uh, I, I'm taking a lot of pleasure in that. See, and the floor's yeah, been look, down, I- and... Uh, Man, they're having a good time down there, and I like, I like it. So, uh, continued success for him. Thanks, I appreciate it. They were all smiles on Saturday. We'll see if they can keep it going in uh, lovely Columbia, Missouri, on Saturday. But thanks, thanks, <laughs> appreciate everything there, Bill. <laughs> all right, bud. all right, all right. Bill Green from Scout.com talking to us about Midwest recruiting, specifically specifically Ohio and the whole Ohio State Michigan thing going on, and uh, that is going to be something for years to come. And uh, the whole Jim Harbaugh acquisition is uh, paying off dividends for Michigan and for the whole Big Ten as uh, things are really starting to get stirred up there. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, Hopefully I can get Larry Bluestein on here for the final segment. But when I get back, we'll talk a little bit about some uh, recruiting, recruiting advice, and uh, some things that are going on in recruiting right now across the country. We'll do that more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this.
Young 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Nine o'clock hour of the Gridiron Stud Show Wednesday Recruiting Edition. Nine o'clock. I said that right. It's late for us out here on, on the East Coast. You West Coast people stuck in traffic right now. Feel bad for you. I know that deal. My old man would drive from Riverside County. For you folks out west listening to the show, driving from Moreno Valley to Los Angeles. Every day. That's a two-hour ride in traffic, okay? It's not a two-hour ride like, you know, when us folks drive from from here to maybe Vero Beach. You know, it's long, but you're driving. You're moving. No, it's traffic. And then two hours back home, and the old man would come through the door hella mad. I use that West Coast term right there. Hella mad. Pissed about anything. I don't care what it is. He'd walk in the door, and if the salt shaker was stacked on top of the black pepper shaker, he's losing his mind. And just looking at this dude like, why are you tripping? And then I got a car and had to drive from Moreno Valley to Long Beach. And sometimes back home again. And suddenly I was Pops, coming through the door, pissed off about any and everything. I'm telling you, Look, you want to know frustration. You want to know anger. Well, I'm going to tell you true anger for a black man. Drive two hours from Long Beach or L.A. area out to Moreno Valley, stuck in traffic for two hours, 
And during that two hours, like, you are tasting the Kool-Aid in your mouth. The Kool-Aid that is in that refrigerator, the black cherry, the cherry flavor, the red Kool-Aid, as we call it. I mean, you're tasting it. When you get home, you're getting a tall glass of that Kool-Aid, and it's going to make it all right that, like, five Mexican dudes cut you off on the freeway on your way home. It's going to make that okay. You'll be okay with that. And after your two-hour jaunt through the 60 freeway and the 10 freeway, you pull up in front of the crib, and you get out the car, and you come in the house, and you're about to have the tallest glass of Kool-Aid you would ever seen. I'm talking, I'm 5'11", and the glass going to be 6'2". And you see the pitcher in there, and you grab the pitcher, and somebody left a corner of Kool-Aid in the pitcher. I mean, with a gun in my hand, I would slay every member of that household. If there was a gun in my hand, I'm talking triple murder. I'm talking some Charlie Manson stuff. I'm talking, I'm writing messages on the wall in blood. That is true anger for a black man. I'm letting you know that right now. Leave a corner of Kool-Aid in that picture when you've had a long ride home. I mean, you're better off, like, seeing the picture in the sink. But seeing that picture, because a certain feeling comes over you when you open the refrigerator door. And that you see that picture, and they're like, oh, yeah. And then you grab it, and it's light as hell. And then you take the top off, and there's a corner of Kool-Aid. Now, I'd have to show you a picture of what a corner of Kool-Aid is. But you can't. A corner of Kool-Aid amounts to, to the quantity of spit. You can't do nothing with that. You put it in a glass, you're going to break the glass because you're going to be that mad. I can't tell you the times I've thrown the pitcher clear across the kitchen and then kicked it all across all across the house. And if my little brother was in the house, he was going to take a beat down for the corner cooler. I don't know who left it, but uh, you looking at me. You're the person looking at me when I discovered a corner of Kool-Aid. In the refrigerator, so you you just you gonna wear you gonna wear a beat down, and that's just how it went. I don't know what that has to do with recruiting, but that's just my story. Might be like a little motivational thing, like you get a defensive end that needs a little motivation on game day. You just show him a picture of a corner of Kool Aid. He might just go off and have ten sacks. Could end up with five personal fouls too. Well, nevertheless, hey, it's that. Like I said at the outset of the show, it's that time of year. Recruiting is coming down to the wire. And listen, we've spent a good amount of time on this show with the reporters talking about the top guys in the country and the guys that are getting a whole bunch of attention. But not, I'm not lost on the fact because I'm in the business of it, and this is a lot of who I deal with, are the guys who are not getting as much attention. And if you're listening to me and you are a recruit or you're the father of a recruit, I'm going to make this plea to you right now as I do every year. Sometimes it falls on deaf ears. But, you know, every now and then I reach a couple of people that make a wise decision. It is now October 7th. If you're thinking you're going to ride this thing out and you're going to wait till December or January to get help, I'm telling you you're putting yourself at a major disadvantage. If you need recruiting help, and if you don't have an offer right now, you are in that group of needing help if you want to play college football. I'm telling you the time to get help is now, and the clock is ticking on you. And if you're out trying to save money, 
that's what you're out trying to do, uh, I'm telling you it's going to cost you a heck of a lot more if you sit up here and wait. It's kind of like one of those things with uh, your car. You know your car needs a repair, and uh, you're just going to stick it out. Might be a small problem. Uh, and if you wait, you're going to blow the whole engine. Now, now you're either repairing an engine or you're getting a whole new car. It's going to cost you a ton of money. So right now, I'm telling you, you two class of 2016, you don't have an offer. You need help. You need to reach out for that help. The time to get help is now. Reach me via email. Best way to go. All right? Wilson at gridironstuds.com, and we'll talk about what we can do for you here going forward and uh, try our best to get you somewhere by signing day. But, you know, listen, if you're not signed by signing day, see, some people think signing day is the end-all, be-all, that's it. If you're not signed by signing day, that's it for you. That's not really how that works. What signing day really is is the first day that you can sign. You still have an opportunity after signing day, and a lot of recruits around the country, football players, um, sign after National Signing Day. So, you know, the game's not over on that first Wednesday in uh, in February for you. It's not how that is. Nevertheless, though, it is good. It's a good feeling to have somewhere to sign on signing day and go on that stage with uh, your teammates who may also be signing somewhere. But I'm telling you, you're putting yourself at a tremendous disadvantage if you wait into late November and you wait into December and you wait into January. You're doing yourself a disservice. So if you need help in recruiting, reach me right now, Wilson at gridironstuds.com. Tell me what your situation is, and uh, let's see if we can get some help for you. Stop waiting around. Get this every year. I get people reaching me in January and February. I have people reach me in February. And they want to go to Notre Dame and stuff like that. Come on, man. you got to be realistic, too. And that's the other thing, too. Biggest thing is knowing who you are. Be realistic about who you are. Be realistic about your abilities. Be realistic about your high school career. And if you're confused at all about where you stand, um, make an accurate assessment of yourself. And then you could do something like go on Rivals and take a look at who some of the top guys in the country are. Take a look at what they look like. They might not blow you away on film, but uh, college football is very much about measurements. You may not even need to look at the highlight videos. Just go look at the top 100 for Rivals or Scout or, uh, or 247 Sports. Take a look at the dimensions of those guys. That's what they're after. Does it mean you can't play college football? Absolutely not. Just know that. That's what... Uh, that's what they're looking for, and those those are the guys that go to those schools. Take a look at their offer list. So if you're a 5'11 defensive end, let's be realistic. Let's get you somewhere where you're going to actually be able to take the field. You want to play. And, you know, those uh, defensive ends are 6'4", so let's be realistic on that. But, again, uh, waiting till December and January is a bad strategy. That is throwing a deep bomb on fourth and one. That is punting the ball from the opponent's 30-yard line when you could kick a field goal. Bad strategy, just to give you a football analogy there. So, again, C. Wilson at gridironstuds.com. Let's see what kind of help we can get you. Listen, um, our clients and customers aren't only guys who don't have recruiting uh, or lack uh, lack offers. Also have a great amount who have several offers. I have guys who have a lot of offers. Because you know what? 
choosing amongst those big schools is as important as getting that offer to anywhere. These guys with 15, 20, 30 choices can easily make the wrong one. And uh, that's something I definitely specialize in, assessing your skills and uh, advising you on where would be the best place for you to continue your football career at the next level. Because, again, you can easily make a mistake and choose the wrong school. Definitely can happen. So, again, C. Wilson, I can't say it enough. C. Wilson at GridironStuds.com. You guys get the hint. Not trying to have you wait until late December and January before uh, you get in touch and uh, try to get the help that you need. Certainly want to uh, put that point out there for you. All right, at the beginning of the show, talked talked about the whole Leonard Fournette thing. Don't want to see that going on. Let the guy play his football. I'm here scanning through this Rivals Top 100, and again, it hasn't been updated since August. And we had Woody Womack on and said, uh, I believe he said that they wait until the end of the season to do the next one. So, But uh, who's the top guy here in, in South Florida? And that's Nick Bosa, who's not number 15 in the country. I'd certainly like to get Larry Bluestein on because uh, Larry speaks highly of Nick Bosa, as well he should. I had a chance to see Nick play in person several times, uh, definitely uh, a guy that plays up to the hype and the abilities. But we'd just like to ask Larry Bluestein if he feels that he is the best individual football player in all of South Florida. Who are the top recruiters in all of the country? You know, they have, you know, they keep track of that too. Many are saying that's Tim Brewster from FSU. One of the folks down here would agree. Obviously come in contact with quite a few folks down here in the South Florida area, Florida State. Uh, Has done fairly well down here in recent history. And as, uh, you know, one of my callers talked about here, Ryan Bartow from 247, discussed how they have had a pipeline set up at Miami Central who's won three of the last four 6A state championships. I mean, if you're going to set up a pipeline, it's a great place to set up the pipeline. At a school like a central. They're certainly glad that they landed Dalvin Cook, who's been um, pretty much all the offense for Florida State in uh, 2015. I don't know where Florida State would be without Dalvin Cook. I mean, last year it was all about Jameis Winston. And Jameis is gone, obviously. And now it's all about Dalvin Cook who has an ailing hamstring going into this Miami game and people talking about him not playing. Uh, I would plan on seeing Dalvin Cook in the backfield for Florida State on Saturday night at 8 p.m. on ABC. The Canes fans out there that are hopeful he doesn't show up, I don't know if I'd be putting my hopes too high on something like that. Truly believe Dalvin Cook's going to line up back there. And if he doesn't, I don't know, it could be a problem for Florida State. We'll talk more talk more about the matchup on Friday. And just to do a quick promo here, Friday is our Football Friday edition. So we talk high school, college, and pro football here, preview the biggest matchups in college and pro football. 
And uh, my co-host, Emil Calamino, and I give you our picks, which have been doing quite well lately in both college and NFL football. So we'll have that for you on Friday. And I'll also uh, do a talk on uh, the entire state of Florida. Talk, uh, we talk about that here. And uh, the biggest game's going down, and we had some big ones last week. We have some more big ones coming up this week, so certainly look forward to doing that. So that's my promo there for the Football Friday. Tomorrow's, uh, I'm on at 10 a.m. And for those of you listening to me for the first time, uh, on this special Wednesday night edition, the Gridiron Stud Show is on daily at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you enjoy what you've been hearing here tonight, and I hope that you have, uh, join us during the daytime, 10 a.m., every day with the exception of Wednesday. So that's uh, 10 a.m. on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. We do the Gridiron Stud Show, and uh, lots of fun. Yesterday we had the uh, debut of the Straight Talk with Warren Sapp edition, and, you know, Sapp brings it. Doesn't pull any punches, so it was fun having him on. So we're gonna have, we have that every Tuesday. Thursday, uh, talk college and professional football. Dabble a little bit in some high school ball, but uh, we, will, we will talk Florida Gators and Florida State tomorrow as they have games coming up, obviously. So get the perspective on that. And then Friday, talk Canes football with Peter Ariz from Canes Insight. Certainly plenty to talk about with the big game coming up there. And again, like I said, we give the college and, foot, and uh, professional football picks. Why didn't I just say pro there? Why did I say professional? Nevertheless, we do that on Friday and also talk high school football. Let's run out to the phone lines. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, Chad, how Caller, you doing? Good, how you doing? Doing well. Um, to speak on a little bit on the, this recruiting episode, I know you've been through it. You have two sons that are currently going through it as well. Can you talk a little bit about negative recruiting and um, the approach that coaches take there and what you've seen? Just a little bit on that. Um, negative recruiting is something that happens. Uh, for some, it's a turn on. Um, but you know what? Coaches wouldn't do it if it didn't work. Um, and, and it's just a part of the game. Um, there will be some negative recruiting. Basically, if someone's negative recruiting you, uh, you're some kind of a threat. But I'd be lying to you if that stuff didn't work. Because after all, we're talking about 16, 17, 18-year-olds. If you could plant a bug in their head about a school, and to do so, you usually got to be negative, um, that's, that seed can kick around there for a while and, and, and do wonders. And so it's just a part of the game. Um, I mean, part of life. I mean, you've seen ads on TV. Um, brands attack each other. Wendy's attacked Burger King for years. Burger King attacked McDonald's and and so on and so forth. So it's just like a total competitive thing. So negative recruiting has been here before, it's here now, and it's probably here to stay. So it's kind of how these guys get by. And listen, I think we know how competitive recruiting is nowadays, and it really is by any means necessary, and sometimes the means is negative. Did I answer your question? Yeah, that was perfect, man. Thank you. Love the show. Yeah, yeah, the, thank you for calling in. Um, yeah, negative recruiting is it's that's what's there, you know. Um, and some are really good at it, to be quite honest with you. You know, planting a seed in every school has their flaw. There's no doubt about it, you know. Um, I'm sure Auburn is getting some negative recruiting going on right now. I'm sure the people uh, sitting, you know, on the phone telling kids that Alabama is dead. I'm sure there are people talking about Miami right now saying the coaching staff is going to get fired. I'm sure there are people saying that Florida State no longer has Jameis Winston, and 
you know, uh, uh, you know, Florida right now are talking about the offense and um, all all this. There's negatives everywhere. You know, even Ohio State has just won the championship. I'm sure there's someone saying, you know, uh, Urban Meyer's leaving, doesn't stay anywhere for any amount of time. Um, you know, so. I don't know if there's anyone that would go out and say that they don't do it. At some point, a recruiter has to do some type of negative recruiting. If you're there telling a kid that you really, really want all the great things about your school and he won't budge off of your rival and you're just fresh out of good news from your school, you've already told him that your business school is number one. And by the way, for those of you out there that are about to head into this whole recruiting thing, if you're into business – Get ready to be told by 15 schools that they have the number one business school in America. Okay, that's just standard. Just go tell, just for kicks, go ask a coach about their business school and somehow, some kind of way, their school, they have the number one business school in the country. Like 15 to 20 of them are going to be the number one business school in the country. I find that to be absolutely hilarious. But all it takes is one publication somewhere. And I don't care, it could be a blog. Uh, that's written up by someone in Bangladesh, and if and if they at all put you at number one, then you have the right to say that you have the number one business school in the country. And it could be from Beijing Times, talking about uh, a business school right here in the good old grand U.S. of A. And that's grounds for you saying, hey, it's not a lie, right? But nevertheless... You've told a kid that he's number one business school, uh, great, all the tradition, all the NFL players that have played there, the Hall of Famers, and everything else, and the kid is telling you he still wants to go to your rival. Well, then now it's time to mudsling on the rival and bring up whatever you can. They're going to change your position. Uh, you know, guys don't graduate. Coach is going to leave. Coach is going to get fired. Kids are getting arrested there left and right. They've got a weed problem, whatever. You can pull out of your bag of tricks. Uh, It's coming. So you can uh, rest yourself on that. I I think at some point, everyone, every team, every coach out on the trail who really cares about landing a kid is susceptible to, you know, hitting you up with some kind of negative recruiting. And it's just uh, a part of the game. As are, are like early uh, early offers. And when I'm saying early, like we're we're into the middle schools now, man. How long before we offer a kid with his two fronts trying to break through the gums? But we're doing that now. And that was a big time story. In uh, in the spring. And it's gonna. It's 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 going to continue, and they're only going to hit them up younger and younger. That's a fact. But I can't wait to see what amazing crop of eighth graders are ready to get offered here in South Florida and everywhere else. Well, speaking of South Florida, you know you can't really have a recruiting show and talk about South Florida athletes without having my next guest on. He's seen it all. I think he probably saw me play. Uh, a little optimist football. Who the hell knows? And, uh, you know, I'm no spring chicken. But nevertheless, I uh, can't wait to talk to this guy about what's going on recruiting-wise in South Florida. Larry Bluestein joins me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Larry, how you doing? 
I'm doing great. I'm doing great trying to balance off two things. I, I also do baseball, so. And, yeah, uh, how, kinda, how about that? I've been doing that for, you know, probably longer than I've done football. You know, I mean, because I've been around the game all my life, and my dad played it. So I've been really in tune. I do mainly like I do with um, with high school football. I do the draft, so I do the younger kids, you know, the college and high school kids. Wow. And a lot of wow. like Chris Bryant, who's playing now, and all. That. And I remember Andrew McCutcheon when he was a freshman at Fort Meade High School, and they try to coax him out for football, and and it never happened. <laughs> He's lucky. Yeah, he well, for, fortunate for that guy. Listen, I got to admit this to you, and maybe some of my callers have never heard it before. Uh, baseball is what I wanted my two boys to play. And, you know, right. I made this mistake, Larry. I took him out to play baseball and started football the same year. And uh, immediately baseball became boring. So, uh, well, Marco liked it though. You know, I was trying to. If you remember, I was the one trying to encourage him towards the. You know, to, when he got to when he got to high school, I said, "Hey, you should stick with it." But he, uh, yeah, he listen, told me he was you, pretty you, good. You were helping me out <laughs> on that whole thing. You know what ruined it for my two boys too? Travel baseball, but that's uh, yeah. for a whole another show. We could talk about all the perils of travel baseball. But right now, up is uh, <laughs> recruiting, and I definitely want to talk to you about that. And you know, I. I I, just before you came on, I was making a little bit of a joke, but not really. I was talking about the fresh new crop of 8th graders and 7th graders that are going to get offered this spring. Um, but along that theme, um, give yeah. me some of the top ninth graders right now that have gotten on the gridiron here in South Florida and have made their presence felt that we should know about. In a major way, obviously. Naquan, right right off the bat, I mean, this is a kid who is a big-time kid out of Carroll City. Uh, he's been a big-time kid, 5'9", about 195 to 200 pounds, runs in the 4'4 range. He's a bulldozer. He won the game the other night for Carroll City uh, with an 80-yard touchdown run against Central. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. big-time player. Uh, Daniel Richardson, who you know, PPO guy, is right. at uh, Booker T. Washington and having an awesome year. I mean, he's the leading passer for small schools in, in Miami-Dade County as a ninth grader. That's crazy. And the kid Underwood, who's at Champagnat, who um, also played over at uh, Guincherry, he's he starts as well. Uh, impact players is, you know, I mean, uh, you talk about guys. I and, and the thing that you could probably chalk this up to, and I think over the last couple of years of the seven-on-sevens, because the Sam Bruce's and people like that were getting exposure against these seniors way before, I mean, when they were really technically eighth grade. You know, they haven't really gotten into high school yet, and they were playing seven-on-seven seven with all these teams. So they've been at that level for four years. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's why, you know, and, and, and to me, and I and I was asked this the other night, Chad, the one thing that kind of separates this group from South Florida are youth football leagues. We have mm-hmm. perhaps the most competitive youth football leagues, whether it's Oh, the, there's no doubt know, about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – I mean, whether it's it's Pop Warner, you know, or you even go into the suburb leagues or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, and you know, you coached and know, and you, right. both your sons came through that. So, but mm-hmm. that's what, that's what really makes it possible for a kid uh, like James Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook's brother from Central to, mm-hmm. to come in and actually play right away like that. It's, it's just, right. it's really unheard of. In other places that they could, I mean, the other night when Carroll City played Central, you're technically your two starting running backs were freshmen. So they were, that, and, and that's that's, that's, that's amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. But I give mean, us give us Naquan see... Wright's dimensions again. I just want to scare the entire country for those listening about out of the area. Five nine, coming up on about two hundred pounds. He's got those thick uh, legs uh, <laughs> like uh, Earl Campbell used to have. Um, he's jet quick, four four. Mm. And he's a great. And he's a great student, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, the kid is any, and you know what? He, he looks like he's leading already, which is which mm-hmm. is absurd. You know, I mean, and 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 he's a you know he's a kid that just got out. So he's he's yeah he's he's one of the guys around the country. He's going to be a nationally nationally rated kid. Yeah, absolutely, and we can certainly expect that to happen if you know if not next year, which will probably be next year. But we're looking at like Sony Michelle, someone we're going to be looking at sure. for the next three for the next three years. Well, listen, we talked about the freshmen, um, and in years past, this question might have been easier to answer. You know, you said Dalvin Cook or Joe Yerby or someone like that or Trayon Harris. Um, things seem to be a little bit more spread out this year, but right now in South Florida, who's been the top player? Uh, that you've seen, and, and you're at all the games. Who's been that top yeah. player that's really standing out for you right now? You know, and the thing, and, and and thanks for mentioning that, because I've seen 57 different teams since the kickoff Classic weekend. Incredible. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, catch me at the worst games in the world, but at least I was eyeballing mm-hmm. kids, you know. Right. But that's a good question that you ask, because I think two guys, and they're both defensive, one in Dave, one in Broward, um, mm-hmm. One of them is right. You you see him every day. I think Brian mm-hmm. Burns is one of these kids that ha- really could take over a game. When he mm-hmm. wants to take over a game, he could take over a game. He's a dominating mm-hmm. guy. Gets to the gets to the quarterback. He can stop the run. I think him and I think the kid from Miami Central, Kier Thomas, who's going to Florida mm-hmm. State, probably mm-hmm. the most under the radar defensive lineman. It seems like Florida State just said, oh, yeah, yeah, come on up here. Because how come mm-hmm. no one's making a big deal out of him like kids right. are of Nick, Bosa, and other guys? Because this kid, those those two right there, I think, have been just, just out-and-out difference makers. Yeah, and like I said, they're pretty good teams. Yeah, I get to see Brian every day, uh, causing yeah. causing his ma'am, and uh, yeah, we well, we certainly we certainly can get that type of athlete down here. Uh, well, listen, we we I just spent really an entire hour talking with recruiting reporters from all over the country, and the, the right. discussion is always about the top guys in the country, the top 100 guys, the guys with 40 and 50 offers, but. The greatest thing about having you on my show is that, and you did mention you've seen 57 teams play. Yeah. Who are some of the guys that we're not talking about around here that deserve some kind of notoriety and notification to to everyone about their play? Yeah. And and I think that you know, I mean, because it's easy to to look at the the juniors and and the sophomores and say, you know, they got time. So you know, if they're not on the radar now, give them some time. I I look at some of the seniors. Kids like, you know, uh, Jakari Harrison from Coconut Creek. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy mm-hmm. that gets such limited looks, but yet he has the same numbers as Tyler Huntley. Uh, he has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 20 touchdowns, five, you know, uh, interceptions, and almost 1,700 yards. I think he's definitely one of them. I think two mm-hmm. running backs. One of them is Jackson Kincaid. If the mm-hmm. running backs at St. Thomas don't get hurt, you don't get a chance mm-hmm. to see a back that's going to go somewhere. This kid is a mm-hmm. big-time guy. He came from Park Vista High School. I think he's another under-the-radar guy. Another mm-hmm. guy that I really like is the kid that's playing for Heritage, Khalil Herbert. I like him mm-hmm. at Douglas. I think he's way under the radar. I think people look 
get him as a low D1 kid, but I think he's an impact guy. He's got some speed. He's got great vision. And I think, you know, he's, he's not light in the butt, so he stays on his feet on a hit. And so mm-hmm. I think he's one of them. And, and a defensive guy, I'm going to throw in a, a pretty good defensive guy uh, over at um, uh, Boyd Anderson. He's a defensive mm-hmm. back named Darren Str- Striggles. I think this mm-hmm. kid's come such a long way. I mean, I watched him two years ago, and I just I think I thought the kid was coaching himself. He seemed like he wasn't listening. But I watched him two times this year: once against Creek, once against Dillard, against real good receivers like Jordan Morrell, who you know, and, and the kid Demetrius right. White, and guys like that. Right. And he really, really shut them down, and I was really impressed. So I think yeah. those guys in Broward County. Uh, I'll give you some Dade County guy. I think Juwan Hamilton may be the best, one of the best running backs in South Florida. No one's ever heard of him. He's at South Dade. So I guarantee you'll hear of him because South Dade is going to go very far this year. Um, another kid is a guy that, that no one really talks about. Booker T. Washington's got a tremendous kid that's, that mm-hmm. really blew up in the last year, Raymond Flanders. Um, this mm. is a guy that leads Dade County in, in receiving. I kind of knew he would. I even predicted it back at the summer. I said, this is a kid that could lead the county in receiving because he's quick, gets open. You know, I mean, a lot, he doesn't get jammed. He, he really knows how to, you know, to, and that's a testament to all the good DBs that Booker T's had while he's been there. And then the, right. another guy i got to bring out who, who I don't think gets enough attention here, but if he lives somewhere else, this kid would be a beast. His name is John Rain. He's a tight end from Miami Westminster Christian, a big kid at six, I'm familiar, definitely familiar with him. Right. And and that's a kid I don't – you know, I know he's gotten some – a lot of attention, a lot of offers, but I don't think that anybody really pays much attention. And, and you know what? That's because, Chad, we're in this area. You know, I mean, this area, mm-hmm. you get lo- – I mean, if you're – you could be an elite player and get lost. And, yeah, and we talk all the crazy. time about three stars that could leave South Florida and go be five stars in oh. several other places. We, you know, that's certainly a big conversation um, that we have. I, I want to throw a name out to you, someone that um, I've always found to be a pretty good back that doesn't get a whole lot of notoriety simply because he's uh, right there off the coast of Cuba. But McKay Sargent, I love that kid. Oh. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Key West. First time I saw it, yeah, the kid. First time he he runs like Frank Gore. That was my first, uh, you know, look at him. I got, dang, this guy looks like Frank Gore when he was in high school. I mean, he mm. he breaks tackles. You can't get him down. He's quick. He has a great burst. Probably the most undersold kid in America. I mean, and and you said, I mean, he lives down right off of the coast of Cuba. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, like no almost look. not America, Larry. I mean, so that's part of the problem it, for him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing is, is he does have relatives up at South Dade, you know, around the Homestead area, and everybody mm-hmm. there was speculation that he would go to South mm-hmm. Dade. Now imagine having mm-hmm. him and having uh, Juwan Hamilton and the kid uh, Smith that came from Columbus. But uh, but he stayed yeah. there, and I'll tell you what, he's a, yeah, he's a great back, Chad. I th- I think that uh, he, you know I think he could play in the Big Ten type play because he's got that wear wear you down type of body. He's going to end up somewhere, and people are going to ask, who is this guy? And, you know, yeah. you and I are going to giggle when we hear that because we've been knowing about this kid for quite some time. All right, look, the annual FSU Miami showdown is here upon us. Uh, we're gonna, we're not gonna, I'm going to save the launch about what's going to happen in that game and what's going on with each program for, you know, another show. But <laughs> um, recruiting-wise, and it was mentioned by Ryan Bartow, who I had on earlier, Florida State has obviously done very well down here in South Florida. I think they have a Florida State mm-hmm. truck backed up over there at Central. Is that still the case right now in this current cycle and 2017 
uh, or have things tapered off a little bit for you know Florida State in terms of recruiting South Florida? No, they're still doing well. You know, I mean, they're still mm-hmm. doing like I mentioned, Kier Thomas. There's a kid right there. You know, Norland's mm-hmm. got a kid that's going there. I mean, they're still getting some high level kids out of the backyard, but. You know what? I think it's kind of slowing now. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's it's just wait. This it's such a huge wait and see thing. It's it's kind of tough to be in, but I think you're almost the kids are almost committing to Miami because there's so much uncertainty. Because everybody mm-hmm. could tell you anything that they want, but the mm-hmm. reality is the truth, and the truth is going to come out. What's going to happen at the end of this year? Yeah. If yeah. If things go along the way they are, it's just there'll be way too much pressure. And why would anybody want to live under that pressure? I wouldn't right. want to. You know, you know. Right, I right. mean, in, in, obviously, you're on this free for all. So, but I think there there's a thinking in South Florida that you're starting to recruit because if indeed uh, Coach Golden is back next year, the belief is that that he will have won the Coastal Division and mm-hmm. maybe even beat back FSU or beat him or you know, so. Right. But if something you know, great would have all, would have gone on, yeah, no doubt. Yes, but on the other side, there's also a belief that anybody who would take over this position wouldn't be the guy, wouldn't be uh, what the Dolphins did. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it, it wouldn't right. be right. that way because there would be because you would just be staying right in the middle of where you are. Uh, you're not getting a marquee guy to kind of pump new life into the system. The new, if there's a new regime, there's going to be a new regime. Anybody that comes in, there's going to be if one or two, three people stay, that would be a huge amount. I think what happens, you got to, you, you got to kind of rid the program of what's going wrong, and then that's mm-hmm. that's the general consensus. And uh, well, you know, I think for people pass- to come to a consensus, though, Larry, on what exactly is the problem there, because if you ask. Ten people to name one yeah, thing that's wrong answers. with Miami. You get ten different answers. So that yeah, that no, in and of itself is going to be very, yeah. very difficult to figure out. But it's not the recruit. You have to agree. But it's not the recruit. Yeah, yeah. No, no, never that. Never that. You can throw a rock okay. from that campus yeah. anywhere and hit, hit yeah. a top recruiter, someone that could make plays for you no on doubt. a Saturday. Do you agree with my uh, my my buddy Bill Green here who says, listen, uh, a commitment – or you know anything coming from a South Florida recruit right now here in uh, October is uh, is a joke because you know it comes down yeah. to January and February with those guys. He was joking, but Always not has. at the same time. Yeah, no, I I understand what Bill's saying. I mean, but you know, you, you live down here and you kind of hope because you you could you and I could go back to a time when all this stuff when you say, hey, I'm going to Miami, and there was like. You know, that was it. Your wardrobe was picked out. You got plenty of shirts and hats, and you were going there. And nowadays, there's too many things. There's too many events. There's too many people to sway you along the way. There's too many. You know what? And and this is the way I feel. And I always tell the high school coaches this: if you're not happy about Johnny going to X school, then Mm -hmm. you got to kind of make it that he that he doesn't want to go to X school. But right. even that, and you know nowadays, especially with seven on sevens, and the kids travel together and they have great fun, and all of a sudden the kids are laughing and having a tremendous time, and they say, "Hey, man, you should come to our school." And you know right. what? Without thinking, and that, and that happens too. So you, you never know. I mean, the coaches don't spend all the time with these kids. They got friends, they got family, family and influences. So, so many things happen, and it's not only here, Bill. It's, it's everywhere. I mean, yeah, sure yeah, I know. That's be, that's that's become the thing. Now, you know, I, yeah. in the opening segment, I was talking about how uh, they, you know, just having the hats out there on signing day used to be enough. Now they're bringing small animals on, and they're doing cinematic productions, and 
Uh, you know what Adoree Jackson did, pulling you know hats out of everywhere and all that good stuff and pulling out gloves. So it's turned into a whole thoroughfare for them. Well, the last thing I want to talk to you about is, listen, in Broward County this year, uh, no offense to my folks down there in Dade, we got we got some serious stuff going on at the quarterback position. I mean, no one in a long time, if ever, has looked as good as Tyler Huntley has looked over the last two weeks. He's, he, you know, looks like a Big 12 quarterback throwing for, you know, 1,000 yards just about in two weeks. And you already talked about Jakari Harrison, and you've got Jake Allen, and you've got Cato Nelson who's back now on the field for Flanagan. And we've got our own guy at Heritage, Jason Brown, who doesn't sling yeah. it around as much. But well, he pulls the ball out of Khalil or Keyshawn's belly, and he breaks tackles and oh, runs yeah, by buddy. people. There's some great stuff going on at quarterback in Broward County. I, I want you to talk a little bit about what you've seen there with that. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned it. I mean, I don't think we've had so much attention for a quarterback down here, especially on a, you know on that type of national level like we have like we've had. And I brought up Jakari Harrison to you because he's putting he what he's done over the last three years, actually four years at Creek, is just rewrite mm. record books. And and, mm. and 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 to me, Jason Brown is really the unknown commodity. I mean, he's a linebacker. Uh, you know, but he's mm-hmm. an athletic kid, and he's quick, and mm-hmm. and what he does, and he's a smart guy, and he's only mm-hmm. a, he's only a junior, so he's got two mm-hmm. years. Uh, is mm-hmm. he junior or sophomore? Junior, is he a sophomore. Junior year. Yeah, he's a no, no, this guy, is junior right? season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, he's got all this year and then next year, and and you know what? Whether he leaves here as a quarterback, as a safety, as a receiver, as an H back, because he's mm-hmm. a good sized kid, he can put on a lot of weight. He's right. going to really be – he's special. So he's good. Uh, you, you talk about Jake Allen. Jake's still – you know, he's a work in progress. But here's the thing. He's got some pretty decent people to work with him, you know. So Certainly. he's got a first-class – I'm kind of familiar with offense. those folks. <laughs> exactly. So you know it's a first-class offensive line, and they've got great receivers, and, you know, and a tremendous running game, and especially when your third running back is Jackson Kincaid. Uh, and yeah, he's done. Yeah, a, a I don't think job. you're endearing any fans to Jake Allen in St. Thomas. You're telling about what a quite silver spoon he's got over there. But the kid can play. Oh. I met, we've mentioned yeah, yeah. these top kids because that's what everyone talks about. But here's someone that no one, uh, or you know, not very many people are talking about. But he's absolutely ripping it up. And that's Henry Columbia, Columbia. over there at yeah, U School. He's just having a really great year and doing some great things. And and U School's winning some games over there with Henry at the control. A lot, a lot of games. And here's a kid that when we last saw him, he was five foot eleven. Then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, like a year passed, and he's already six three and a half. And he's like you said, he slings the ball extremely well. He's got great mechanics. I mean, he he could run. He does so many good things that he's an intelligent kid, and uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, this is a guy that's going to really stick his nose in there in the class of 2017 as a guy that'll be right up there with Jake, as a guy will right, be right up there with uh, with uh, Jason, Jason, I'm telling mm-hmm. you. And, yeah, you, you got a bunch of kids that for that 17-kid class, and I don't think anybody really counted on, you know, him being one of the guys. But like you said, 
he's really he's well he's been around since you guys have been there i mean he was a little mm-hmm. kid when you know hanging around there so he learned a lot from watching sean white and dougie and everybody like that so uh, right I, ironically dougie's his offensive coordinator now. yeah how how about that <laughs> you know cool hand cook is out there uh you know trying to get this kid groomed to break uh, all of his records so it's nice to yeah. see that going and uh henry doing so well and great to see really Count is like the year of the quarterback here but i don't want to just say year to imply that it's over after this year because you know some of these guys we're talking about have uh you know another year after this one and and, and two years down the road so certainly sure. uh and great to Shabazz see that going on too. i didn't want to yeah. leave him the shabazz kid from uh who's amongst the top three quarterbacks from boyd anderson he's really uh yeah he's he's done a great job as well so that's yeah, another yeah. So, play. Greatly, certainly Let's great to see that, and 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 certainly great to have you on in the show because I know you. Uh, look, I don't think I can mention a name here that you haven't heard of. And uh, man, fifty-seven different schools, folks. Yeah. If you out there listening, if you haven't seen Larry Bluestein this Friday or any of these Fridays this fall, you've been in the house pretty much. So, doubleheader you know. Thursday tomorrow, doubleheader Friday. So wow, and then one wow. game on Saturday this week. Uh, Booker T in Northwestern. So and yeah, that's well, the best thing about South Florida, especially Dade County chat. Every Saturday night, as I saw you at one of them, every Saturday night there's a great game. And are you in favor of that? Do you, do, you, do you like that? I love it. I love it. And and you know, here's the greatest part: you being a Florida Gator uh, dad. Um, mm-hmm. Last Saturday night, Traz Powell Stadium, Carroll City Central was packed on a night that Florida was playing. You had national wow. games going on and all that. That's a testament to, to football in South Florida. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give a little bit of credit to DVRs, too. But, um, yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> good to see that going on. All right, Larry, man, thanks for uh, being on. Right, and, Dad. you know, this this might be a normal thing every Wednesday, so get ready to talk to me every Wednesday at least. All right, buddy, thanks. Uh, all right, thanks for joining me here. That's Larry Bluestein, the, uh, the legend, the man himself, uh, joining us here to talk South Florida recruiting here and uh man the, the man's been to 57 he's seen 57 schools play already we're halfway through the season too by the way so um like i said if you haven't seen him this fall at a football game you haven't been to a football guy football game plain and simple all right well listen uh you know it's a special edition to the show i think this thing went off well you know we talked about the stuff we needed to talk about here and uh we went from coast to coast with this thing all right, we hit the southeast, we hit the Midwest, we're all the way out west, we're all over the place, and I was happy to do it. Uh, I want to thank all of my guests on the show today, Woody Womack, Andrew Spivey from Gator Country, uh, Woody's from Rivals, want to make sure I mention that, Ryan Bartow from 247 Sports, Bill Green from Scout.com, also Greg Biggins from Scout.com, and of course, Larry Bluestein, Bluestein Recruiting and uh you know, legendary down here in the in uh, South Florida. I want to thank all of those gentlemen for joining me here on the show today and making this thing a success. I feel like I learned a lot here today. I certainly wrote down a ton of names. I hope if you were listening, you uh, wrote them down too. Go check out some of these guys. I'd run through some of these names, but there are uh, a ton of them. So I got a little bit of uh, homework to do. So a lot of these guys I do know, but there's some names on here that I want to go check out. So I'll be busy here for uh, a little time to come. Don't forget... Uh, if you enjoy the Gridiron Stud Show and you like what you heard here tonight, we're on weekly, weekdays at 10 a.m., so join me tomorrow as uh, we'll talk a little college and NFL football. And then we have our Football Friday Show where we hit all three levels, high school, college, and NFL football. So uh, don't be a stranger. 
check me out during the day. Check us out during the day, the Gridiron Stud Show. And again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your night, and see you tomorrow on the Gridiron Stud Show. high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.